Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How's it going? How's your week been so far? Consistently, the episodes I do on this podcast on interviewing are among the most downloaded of all the episodes I do. And today I want to give you a five-step process for answering behavioral interview questions. And I've, I've addressed behavioral interviewing before, but today I want to specifically give you a process for delivering job-winning interview answers in, in beha- to behavioral questions. Behavioral interviewing operates on the principle that the best predictor of future success is past behavior. So behavioral interview questions require you to respond with a specific story, a a situation, rather than talking hypothetically. So it, it forces you to tell them about a time when you demonstrated a particular skill, a particular quality, you addressed a certain kind of situation. Because you are required to give a story, behavioral interviewing is very difficult to wing because it's highly unlikely that you're going to come up with A, a, an appropriate story on the fly, and B, be able to tell that story in an organized and compelling manner on the fly. So preparation is key. I find that people who are unprepared for behavioral interviewing questions they 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 consistently fail they may really have all the goods and be able to do the job but they cannot navigate the interview so to that point when i am doing interview coaching with my clients i always throw in four to five interview behavioral interview questions and i pull them directly from the job description that i have them send me so this job description is either for a position that they have an actual interview with coming up or it is very typical of the kind of interviews they're going to have the kind of jobs they're going to be interviewing for now you may have heard of car method par method star method so we've got challenge action result for car par is problem action result and star is situation task action result i teach my clients the carl method and it used to be car with an l on the end which i will explain and someone said to me oh well that's carl and so i thought okay you know you're not wrong so i now call it the carl method so it's the challenge action result the l is lessons learned and we don't use l every time so sometimes it's just a car story but i will talk to you about when to pepper in those lessons learned and how to do that what that looks like so here are the steps to prepping for a behavioral interview number one You want to come up with what I think of as a toolkit, a mental toolkit of 10 stories. And you can do this one of two ways, what I call the front door method and the back door method. So the front door method is going to require you to think about the competencies needed for this job. So the job description is going to be your roadmap here. 
And then based on those competencies, either they're expressed because they're written in the job description, we are looking for someone who has blah, or it is implied by what they are asking for. You then come up with 10 stories to address what that company and that job is going to require, right? So if I think that one of the competencies is going to be managing difficult teams, right? Like, well, then I need a story for that. So that's the front door method. What are the competencies? Okay, here are stories to match that. The back door method, you come up with the 10 meaningful stories. Most of them need to be from your work experience. I get a lot of questions about, you know, what about home or what about school or what about my family or whatever and or church or, some, or extracurricular activities. And I always say, you know, it depends on what the story is. It depends on, do we not have something more relevant from work? And of course, the balance. I wouldn't want more than one or two of your stories to come from outside of work. And of course, younger people right out of college, they're not going to have the work experience necessarily to pull on, although they may have had internships and part-time jobs. So they're going to rely more heavily on non-work examples. So with this backdoor method, you come up with your 10 stories and then you retrofit them. Well, I think they're going to talk to me about my X skill. Okay, this story or this story would work for that. So you kind of just make a note that, okay, these are the stories I could use for that competency. And this is the story that will work with that competency. The thing about behavioral stories is that any story you come up with is likely going to be an appropriate story to tell in response to three or four different interview questions that you might get asked. So 10 stories is going to give you ammunition for as many as 40 interview questions. So you are good to go. So front door method or back door method. And then number two, write your stories out. You don't want to necessarily write them out verbatim. I don't want you to sound like you're reading from a script, but having the major points that you want to make sure you hit for each story is going to help you make the story compelling and, and organized and structured, and it's going to make sense. And also, it's going to prove whatever point it is that you're trying to prove, which, of course, is the whole point of the, of the answer. So the Carl method then... Challenge, action, result, lessons learned. So the challenge is going to be setting the stage, right? So the situation that you were in. So, you know, let's just say I'm, I'm coming up with this off the top of my head. So don't expect perfection here, but I'll give you the idea. So they ask you a question about when you were managing a team or you were asked to take over a team that had underperformed and how did you turn that team around? And then you might say, well, the challenge, and in, in this happened actually recently with my current employer, was that I was asked to come in as project manager when they actually terminated the incumbent project manager because of underperformance. This was a mission critical challenge where we were doing X, Y, Z, whatever the whatever the goal was for the, the, the team. And it was critical that we get this thing back on track. And so my boss approached me knowing that I had extensive experience, particularly in the area of turning around underperforming teams and asked if I would come in and corral this group and get them back on track. So then we go into the action phase. So this, the first thing that I did with the team was we had a, we had a full group meeting. I explained that I was the new PM 
answered any questions they had, blah, blah. Then you would walk them through two or three things that you would do, that you did in getting that. So, you know, we had the meeting and then maybe I, you know, met with them individually to set specific goals. Maybe I changed something up in terms of how I, how I kept track of their performance and that kind of thing. And then as a result, so here's the R. As a result, we were able to finish the project on time within budget constraints and our customer was extremely happy and he never had a clue that the team had struggled in the middle because we ended on such a high note. Now, here's the lesson learned. And again, I don't recommend lessons learned for each one that you do, but here's one you might say here. What I learned from this situation is... What I learned from the situation is just how strong I am at bringing a group that is disparate, that is not on the same page, that maybe there's a lot of infighting, and I can bring them together and get them working together on a same project. Now, another variation on lessons learned could be the what this says about me, which is an NL, right? Car, carwa, what this says about me. But this could be, so you challenge action result. What I think this this story demonstrates, what I think this illustrates about me is my ability to, right? So think of the what this says about me as a way to spoon feed the interviewer exactly what you want them to take away from that story. It illustrates my ability to you know, communicate with a team that is not getting along. How do I how do I bring them together? Whatever it is that you want them to know. So that's the Carl methods. That's number two. Write your stories out, at least the high points, like outline them so you know what points you want to hit. Number three, you want to find the balance. You want your stories to be factually correct and sequential, right? You want to tell the truth. You also want your stories to be interesting. And you want to think about that interviewer. They may be interviewing a bunch of people back to back. And you want your responses to A, keep them interested and in, in, engaged in the interview, but B, to stand out in a positive way. So when they are evaluating candidates after a long day of interviews, they will remember that story that you told. I can remember, and I don't, let's see, I think the question that I asked was, you know, when it was a secretary position I was interviewing for, and this was years ago, back in Columbus, Georgia, I think. So back in the 90s. And I don't remember anything about the candidate. I don't certainly don't remember her name or any of that, but I remember the story. So I asked her, tell me about a time when you had to manage a relationship with a difficult boss. And she told me a story about working for a nun. <laughs> It was a great story, and she was very respectful, but it was very clear that this was a hard nun to work for, and she talked about, you know, the workarounds that she did, how she took steps to work with this person who was not so easy to work with, and did it all with a very engaging story. I've remembered it all these years, right? And yet she didn't throw the nun boss under the bus. I didn't feel like she was ratting on her nun boss. You want to give enough detail when you tell these stories to support your point. You want them to kind of see the, you know, get a picture in their mind's eye of what happened, what the situation was like. You want to give enough color 
to the story, right? If we're reading a book, we don't want just, you know, if we're reading a fiction book, let's say, we don't want just fact, fact, fact. So-and-so went here and did this and ate this. We want that color. We want emotion. We want maybe humor, if that's appropriate. And I am a fan of humor in the interview when it is appropriately used, probably because I have, I think, a pretty darn good sense of humor. And if I didn't let it come out in an interview, it would be kind of dishonest and there would be no truth in advertising. So you want to give them enough color to make the story interesting and enough specifics so that they can really feel the story. And and all of that to say, you know, at the same time, don't throw anybody under the bus. Like the boss nun wasn't thrown under the bus in the story. So find that balance between facts, sequential, I got the points out, and personality, emotion, color to the story. And that is going to vary on based on your personality, based on the kind of job that you're applying for, based on the industry that you're applying in, and even what you gauge the interviewer's kind of capacity to be for things like humor or color. You know, what do you see them reacting to? Now, that's a really high level skill to be able to on the moment adjust your storytelling based on what's resonating and not resonating with the interviewer. But if you can do that, that is super high level skill. So that's number three, find the balance. Number four, pepper in the lessons learned. So as I said, not every behavioral story is going to need a lesson learned. And and if you try to force fit it, it's going to sound like it's force fitted. But the L can be extremely beneficial when it is used. So, you know, what I learned from this situation is the importance of making sure my entire team fully understands the project and has their questions answered and concerns addressed at the outset. And if it's the benefits, what this says about me, What this situation illustrates is my ability to make mid-course corrections, to have a plan, and have flexibility. So that's number four. Number five, practice. Practice, practice, practice. Best case scenario is you practice with an interview coach like myself because we are a experts in this area. So we're going to, if I'm interview coaching you, I'm judging you based on a lifetime of experience as an interviewer based on what I'm seeing other interviewees that I'm coaching, how they're doing, and maybe I'm pulling best practices from them. But I also know kind of what your competition is. So I've, I've kind of been at this thing from every angle. I am not your mother, so I don't think you're perfect. And I will be honest with you, you don't have to worry about that. And we're going to record it. We're And you're going to get nervous because you're being interviewed by a relative stranger. You're going to be sweaty and nervous, which is exactly what I want. You may not be very nervous if mom is helping you practice your interviews. But in lieu of that, who do you know? If you can't afford an interview coach, who do you know that has experience interviewing job candidates? Again, mom may not be the best choice unless mom has been in HR her whole career. You know, your brother may not know anything about interviewing. So find someone who can actually be of assistance to you. The biggest interview, the biggest benefit of working with interview coach like me is that, again, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I know my stuff and I'm going to make you more nervous than you would be with a friend or a family member. 
So I hope that these five steps for acing the behavioral interview and giving award-winning answers has been helpful. And now I want you to go forth and ace your behavioral interview. Take care and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.